What's the state of banking in the state of Nebraska? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking again today with Micah Jacobson, who's the Chairman of the Nebraska Bankers Association. Mike, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. Hey, great to be with you again. You know, I don't often get a chance to come back and, and talk with people that I've spoken to previously. Now, we first spoke just about a year ago in the fall of 2008, and I think you would agree that was not the best time for banking institutions. Uh, it, 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 it was, we were not having a lot of fun at that time, no. <laughs> well, I guess that's the question, are you having fun now? And I'll ask you the, <laughs> the question that, uh, that former President Reagan you know, once asked of uh, former President Carter. Are Nebraska banks better off now than they were a year ago? Well, it, that's an interesting question. I guess it, it kind of depends on who you ask in, in, in some cases. Um, you know, I would tell you, as a general rule, uh, Nebraska banks have really uh, dealt with the recession, the national recession, very, very well. And I think, as I told you last year, uh, we're very fortunate that we're a very heavy ag state. And back in the 80s, when it was really a problem, uh, we got hit with both barrels and uh, this time around uh, the the primary impact at the in the ag banks has primarily been in the area of livestock uh, particularly those that are, that are financing hog producers and and some cattle producers and certainly dairy has been a real problem this past year and that's somewhat been a function of the national economy uh, lack of demand for uh, some of the product uh, from the grain producer standpoint uh, prices are down significantly from a year ago, but they're at very strong levels. We had very good yields generally across the state of Nebraska in all of the crops, and I would say that most of your crop producers are feeling very good, and land prices are are uh, firm to maybe even a little stronger than what they were uh, a year ago. Uh, I think when you look across at, at Nebraska banks, uh, if you look at those that are specifically in ag areas and have stuck to doing ag uh, work and, and aren't heavily involved, in, in certain livestock operations, I think they'd have to tell you that they're doing as well as they were a year ago, probably a little better. Uh, the only hesitation I would give with that is the fact that FDIC insurance assessments uh, were, were kind of a blow, uh, along with the new prepaid, along with a lot of pressure from regulators, no matter what kind of bank you are, uh, to fund more money into the reserves. And so, uh, if it were not for those impacts, I would tell you that, that uh, with very few exceptions, banks across Nebraska are doing better than they were a year ago. But I think uh, given the fact that, that, that the FDIC insurance assessment was a very large hit, I mean, it, it, was, it was a big number, and, uh, and I think that as, as banks have beefed up their reserves, uh, some by their choice, some by regulators being nervous uh, about just generally general raising uh, reserve levels. Uh, that's probably what's uh, made this past year, um, you know, a year where banks uh, wish they could have made a little more money than they did. But I guess what's encouraging is we look around and we see that the FDIC has closed down, you know, close to 150 banks this year, and Nebraska really hasn't taken that big of a hit there. Isn't that right? No, uh, we've, we've escaped all those closures. There's been only one bank in Nebraska that's closed, uh, in this, uh, since the recession began and, and that closure was really totally unrelated to the economy, uh, and really was not a gauge of what's happening in Nebraska. Um, I, I think the only banks you'll find today that are, that are having, uh, any kind of significant pressure would be those who have, uh, 
you know, gone outside the state and, and it be originated loans outside the state of Nebraska, uh, perhaps in areas where, where the uh, national economy has been much weaker, uh, and, and some of those have been impacted. But, uh, if you look at our large markets, Omaha and Lincoln, um, really have fared very well compared to the national, uh, markets. Um, that's not to say that there aren't some difficulties there. Certainly there are CRE, uh, loan, Issues in those markets and and construction and land development loans have been stressed, and office uh, product and uh, retail product has been has been stressed, but not anything like it is in the major cities. And so uh, there's no place like Nebraska when it comes to banking today compared to the rest of the country. Now, one of the things that impressed me in our conversation last year was how close you are to your customers. So I've got to ask you, how do you describe the level of customer confidence in their banks this year versus last year? I would say that it, that is a huge plus. Uh, I think customer con- confidence is actually higher this year than it was a year ago, and I think largely because they were able to sift through uh, all of the national media uh, attention to the problems and then relearned that, uh, A, FDIC insurance is real, uh, and uh, for those that are in the transaction account guarantee program, uh, which most of us are, uh, even our large uh, transaction accounts are fully insured. Um, and in spite of the concerns about where fund levels are, I think everyone recognizes two things. They recognize that the FDIC is backed by the full faith and credit of the government, and and that no one's ever lost a penny in an FDIC insured institution, and I think uh, uh, that with that in mind, they recognize that uh, that things are going to be fine uh, from that standpoint. I think they also uh, have a lot of confidence in the fact that Nebraska banks have generally remained stronger than banks across the country. Uh, we have a lot of smaller community banks across Nebraska, and our capital ratios are are very high compared to a number of the larger banks and and that's generally just uh the fact that most community banks smaller community banks uh tend to have much higher capital percentage ratios and and that really works well in in these kinds of economies now one of the big stories that, that emerged early in the year was the heartland payment systems breach how were your institutions and customers impacted by that breach well i think that that uh it would be rare for a bank in Nebraska to have been to have escaped uh, the impact of Heartland, uh, because most banks in Nebraska do issue debit cards, and and uh, so the the breach did impact us, our bank, and our bank uh, as well as uh, most every Nebraska bank that issues debit cards would have had some degree of of impact. Uh, some of the banks that I spoke with have had uh, very large impacts. Uh, we were fortunate that, that we just had to reissue virtually our entire card base. Um, and so it was the cost of reissuing the cards and going through the process of explaining to customers what happened and, and why it happened. Um, we were very fortunate that we didn't have any losses and our customers never sustained any losses that ultimately would have come back to us. Uh, uh, so, uh, in this case, there was a breach. We had to reissue cards, but fortunately there were no fraud losses that our customers took. Uh, I think there were a few instances where there were fraud losses, and of course, at the end of the day, the bank ends up absorbing that loss. And so um, significant impact in terms of frustration, 
uh, cost of replacing cards, minimal impact in terms of fraud losses. Yeah, much like we see elsewhere. Now, one of the, a couple of the trends that we've seen recently are attacks on ATM, ATM fraud, and then ACH fraud as well. How have yes. your institutions been affected by that? And I guess the follow-up would be, what have been the major security threats that your banks have been faced with this year? Well, I would say at this point, uh, we've not seen any significant increase across the state. Uh, I think there have always been those uh, threats with ATMs uh, and, of course, the ACH fraud. And when you get into difficult economies, we tend to see those uh, uh, attacks uh, on the rise. Uh, by and large, uh, we've not seen any significant cases. I'm not aware of any significant losses in those areas, but I would tell you that are that are increased from prior years. But but certainly fraud losses are something that continue to occur uh, in Nebraska and everywhere else in the country. It is it is a very large problem nationally. Frankly, it's one of my frustrations when we start hearing Congress talking about. Uh, limiting what we can charge for interchange fees and and limiting what we can do at the ATM uh, because the banks are the ones who get stuck with all the fraud loss and the banks are the ones who have to man those machines and put them out there and service those machines and in the case of our debit cards we're issuing those cards we're processing those cards uh, and yet there's there's uh, a big uh, push to limit interchange fees and uh, you really can't have it both ways and, and I think that's a concern. Uh, taking another direction here, Mike, mobile banking, that's been a, a bigger trend than ever in 2009. What do you see happening with you, within your own state in terms of mobile banking? Well, I think what you're finding, it's, it's like uh, many of the new products that come out. We're just launching mobile banking in our bank now. Uh, we're approximately a $300 million bank. And uh, we uh, what we found is uh, where we seem to never be on the bleeding edge of uh, uh, we never seem to be on the bleeding edge of of new technology, but we like to see some people try it and uh, make sure it's working. And then uh, what's kind of amazing is that the people that are the leaders on the front end tend to pay that very high cost, and they have to learn the the tough uh, uh, lessons on the front end. And then those that seem to follow uh, tend to uh, get the benefit of learning from their mistakes and the problems that they've encountered, and we're able to get the product, the software, a lot cheaper. And that's that's seemingly what's happening now. And so we've recently added it. It's a fairly inexpensive software compared to what it would have been a couple of years ago. So I, th- I think it's a growing trend, and uh, I think most banks our size, and many of them much smaller than ours, will be will be seeing that as a staple product. Mike, where do you see the customer demand coming from primarily? Can you pin it to a particular demo? Pardon me? Can you can you pin it to a particular demographic in your customer base? That's, a, that's uh, I would say it's primarily the younger group. Uh, you know, I, I think that what we find, and, it, and it's interesting when you really look at the demographics, because, um, uh, you know, I look at my own children who uh, uh, actually know what a checkbook is but uh, write very few checks and, and use everything on the debit card and, of course, uh, with the iPhones and so on, mobile banking really works well with what they're doing there. And so, give them a debit card, and now give them mobile banking, and and they don't have much use for a checkbook. When you get to the older demographics, uh, those are people that still want their checkbook. And I know there are some customers that don't even want a debit card because that's just that's just too high tech for them. And so, <laughs> uh, generally speaking, what we're finding is uh, uh, the real demographic would be that younger group. Yeah. 
Now, another topic, regulatory reform. We've had a lot of noise about that from the Treasury Secretary, from the House, the Senate, from, from, from every which way. Where do you see regulatory reform shaking out in this new year? Well, uh, I, I think there will there will definitely be a bill. Obviously, uh, the House has passed a, a bill. It's being debated in the Senate now. Uh, my my greatest concern, and certainly that of the associations, uh, the, the the NBA and the ABA, is is that the, the Consumer Financial Protection Agency is a real problem for community banks. Uh, it's really a problem for all banks, but certainly for community banks. And um, you know. There are so many exemptions out there. I mean, right now uh, they've exempted out uh, all the insurance companies. They've exempted out the farm credit system uh, and a number of other businesses to get the support that they needed. Um, it, there's, there seems to be a lot of confusion out there as to what happens to banks under under uh, uh, $10 billion in assets. And and there's a trade association out there suggesting that uh, that they're exempt. Uh, we're really not exempt from the rulemaking of the CFPA if it is created, which I believe it will be. Uh, we're simply exempt from them directly coming in and being the primary regulator uh, of the CF of, of those banks. And so uh, I don't see that as any kind of a major victory uh, in terms of of uh, of where we go uh, with that agency. Uh, we're still going to be stuck with their rules, and and that's going to create a, enough of a, a significant amount of new uh, financial uh, and regulatory burden uh, for banks of all sizes. And and generally, community banks have a disproportionate cost because uh, we're less equipped uh, with staffing to be able to do that. And so, uh, had there been a full exemption uh, of community banks under 10 billion um, from the uh, from the CFPA's rulemaking, uh, I don't think you'd see any community banks arguing with what that bill has produced uh, or what's in the House bill. Uh, but I think the concern is is that simply limiting community banks from being directly supervised from the CFPA isn't enough because they can still make the rules, uh, just like FASB makes rules uh, that are that are being enforced by our primary or, or our fiduciary responsibility. Uh, regulators today, and so I, uh, my concern is is that is that uh, these um, uh, th- this bill is a bad bill as long as CFPA is still involved with it, and I think it's clear that the administration and Congress want to see it in there, and uh, I just don't think that's a good thing for community banks, and I think it will it will have a restraint on credit, uh, in that a lot of community banks already with the new RESPA rules have suggested they won't be originating mortgages anymore because they're not really equipped to to do the escrows and the new requirements that are outlined by the, the Fed's new uh, RESPA regulations. Mike, one last question for you as the, the chair of the association. As you look into the new year, what do you see as being the major issues for your state's institutions to deal with? <clears throat> well, I, I would say the major issues are still probably seeing where uh, the new reg, uh, regulations come, come in. This, this bill is not completed yet, and I think there'll be a lot of, uh, there, there are potential, a lot of potential amendments that could be hung on, uh, the reg restructuring bill. And so, I think that is probably going to be the, the biggest thing that we're going to deal with on the front end of the year as we see where that comes to in terms of a conclusion and where it goes. Uh, I think from there, 
uh, we need to continue to look at the fact that, that the FDIC fund uh, will have to be rebuilt, and I think uh, although it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government, uh, we know that banks are the ones who fund it, and, and as the reserve levels go uh, lower and, and now, uh, in theory, uh, negative when you, can, when you uh, take out uh, what's been reserved for future failures, uh, it's the banking industry will have to repay and rebuild that fund, and we all know that. And so I think we're all recognizing that we're going to be faced with fairly large FDIC assessments for many years to come as we rebuild that fund. And so uh, the real question is how quickly will the economy recover? Uh, how costly will the new regulations be for us to deal with on top of the fact that we're going to have to rebuild the FDIC fund and try to get through uh, some some weakened financial statements of customers as they've had to deal with uh with the economic recession. Well, Mike, as always, I appreciate your time and your insights, and I wish you best in the new year. Hey, thanks a lot. We've been talking with Mike Jacobson, the chair of the Nebraska Bankers Association. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.